This is The Overreaction, where we have open discussions about birth stories, fertility journeys, loss, life as a birth worker, and so, so much more. I'm your host, Ashton Scott. You can check out the episode description to find some show notes with links to our guests' social medias and where you can find them, as well as a link to our own Instagram, where you can send a DM to submit your story so that you can join us on this podcast and on this journey of building connection and community with people who are in the same boat as you. Enjoy the episode. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to chat with you. Um, Could you kick us off by introducing yourself and telling us about you and your family? Yeah. Um, So my name is Allie Page and I have been a doula since about 2010. My husband and I had been married for about a year and I had finished college, but I was really burnt out and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And so I was like waitressing and nannying and, um, I had considered becoming a midwife and I did not do, I did not like that when I, um, job shadowed with a family friend and she had kind of planted this seed of like, well, you might like doula work. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. And this was like in 2007 ish. And so, um, you know, I, I was like, I'm just going to look into this. And I really loved everything about it. Honestly, like I, when I think about like going to that weekend training, I think like, oh my gosh, my eyes were just like wide open. Like I had (laughs) no idea what I was getting into or like, what would, I don't even know if I knew what to expect. I was just like, I'm just going to go check this out. Like it wasn't that expensive and it was near my parents. So I got to go see them for a weekend. And, um, anyways, that was before my own pregnancy and like motherhood journey had like really started. And so I, um, basically was just trying to like network and, you know, meet other women that I could serve, but nobody knew what a doula was, like I said. And so I was honestly just at like a lot of like mom classes and just like cloth diapering and like baby wearing and the birth center, like whatever they had going on, all of the things. And eventually like about a year and a half or so later I got pregnant and then you know had my own like journey through pregnancy and um I always knew that I wanted to be a mom I like had my husband and I have been dating since I was like 16 and I like told him back then I was like just so you know I'm planning to be a stay-at-home mom and he was like cool that's great um and I literally just like loved every aspect of like learning about birth, learning about pregnancy, learning about the mother baby connection, child, like, like childhood development. Like I'm just like obsessed with all of it. And so, um, so when my son, when I was pregnant with my first, my son, I really was like, just open to so much of like what was being shared mostly from like other moms at this point. Like this was kind of before you know, the internet like really is what it is today, which sounds like so weird and like makes me sound really old, but like, (laughs) you know, like we were in like a, there was a Facebook group for like our local birth center. And, um, that was like a huge source of community for me of just like other like-minded moms, but also moms who were like a little bit ahead of me who were in the same, you know, they were also becoming moms for the first time. Um, And when I had my son, I, you know, everything, like my pregnancy was great. My birth was like amazing. And, you know, 45 minutes after I had had him, I remember, you know, kind of like, I'm getting ready to like use the restroom and like, you know, they want you to take your time and all of that. And, um, I, I like remember like I had like turned and like put my legs over the edge of the bed and I was like sitting there for a second because you know they every every movement they want you to like wait you know like 30 seconds so that you don't get dizzy or whatever and um and I remember thinking like oh my gosh I cannot wait to do that again and (laughs) I was like huh that is like really fascinating like my second thought was like I've never heard another woman say that before. And at this point, like I'm, this is like 2012, I'm 24 years old. 
Um, I was a collegiate athlete, so I was like pretty in tune with my body. Like I, you know, I know like what an adrenaline high feels like and everything. And I was like, that was like nothing else I've ever Mm. experienced before. And so, you know, it was just like, honestly, like this, like internal, like, you know, it was probably like fleeting seconds. And I was like, I will, I just never have forgotten that. I remember thinking like, as I kept going and like, you know, kind of like leaning more into this motherhood role, I was like, every woman needs to know that like birth does not have to suck. Like it can not only like not suck, but it can actually be like amazing. And so, um, fast forward, um, we were in Savannah, Georgia at the time. And then we moved to, uh, Arizona. We were in like Scottsdale, Phoenix area. And, I got pregnant with our next one and I thought, oh, well, you know, I'm a doula. I know what I'm doing. I like the first one went so well, everything, you know, like this is great. Like just basically like do the same thing, follow the formula, so to speak. And everything went pretty well. Um, she, I basically got pregnant. It's funny when I think about it now, because, um, like with my son, Like, it was like, I'm pretty sure I'm ovulating. We should try. And it was like, you're pregnant in a second. Mm -hmm. And like the same thing happened with her, but it took more than a few months. And I remember thinking like, something's not right. Like, this isn't, this isn't right. Something's not right. And so I was like, let's not, we're not going to try for a month or something. Like, I remember thinking, I don't, I charted my cycle, but not like crazy. And I had always kind of noticed like, girls who did, it felt like it became like a stressor. And I knew that wasn't really going to help anything in the long run. And so, um, so I basically, I was like, we tried for like three months, maybe four. And I was like, forget it. This is too stressful. Like, let's take a break. Like something's not right. And, um, I'm like pretty faith-based. And I just remember thinking like, I like some, I just remember thinking like, this is weird. Something's not right. And then literally the next month I got pregnant and I was like, okay. Like, and we weren't trying, like, I really wasn't like, I probably was like loosely charting. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember thinking, okay, that's interesting. That's so weird. And it was sort of like, yeah, this is like out of your control. Like this, you know, as much as you want to like have a control. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I can like surrender and release that. That's fine. And, um, and you know, she, that was my first pregnancy that I, I had experienced not so much morning sickness, but, um, with my son, I was just exhausted and I had no other symptoms. I was just exhausted all the time. And with that second pregnancy, I was like, definitely had food aversions, definitely had like, I put onions on everything and like, I couldn't stand onions. And I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, this is so weird. I was like, this baby's probably gonna have like allergies or something. Like what's happening right now? And, um, all that to say, um, I'm like joking about it, but everything really was like very normal about that pregnancy, especially, you know, even though it was a little bit different from my first, it was still very, um, low key, like a healthy pregnancy and everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, uh, fast forward, I was about 28 weeks and I woke up and I realized that I hadn't been I should, I should go back for a second. I was 28 weeks and basically it was like a Sunday night and we had had a really busy day and I was laying down and I was like, my son was like two at the time and I was laying with him and my husband had already fallen asleep. And I was like thinking, oh, I didn't feel the baby move today. And my mind was instantly like, the baby's fine. Like you are fine you had a really crazy day and we had like, it was a really busy day. It was basically like, I actually think it was like, um, a lot of grace and a lot of mercy that I was able to like actually sleep that night. And it was like, I really didn't think anything was wrong. I was just like, you were busy. This was a crazy day. Go to sleep. The baby will be there in the morning and it'll be fine. And so the next morning I woke up and 
my son and I like, were just hanging out at the house. Um, my husband works really early in the morning. So like he was already gone and I was actually, he was watching cartoons and I was on the phone with a friend who was like planning to host our baby shower. And so her and I were talking and all of a sudden I was like, Oh my gosh, I still haven't felt the baby move. Like, but I didn't, I didn't say that out loud. Like in my head, I was just like, Oh, I gotta go. And, um, so I texted some friends and I was like, how do you get a baby to move? And you know, they're like, eat ice cream, drink juice, like basically like make, make it uncomfortable in there. And I was like, okay. And so I tried that. Everybody was like, lay on your left side. And I tried that. And I was like, after literally like a couple minutes, I thought, no, this is like, this is too intense. I got to go get checked. And so I dropped my son off with a friend on the way to the birth center and um, and I called my husband and I was like, Hey, I just want you to know, like, I'm going to the birth center. I haven't felt the baby move. And he was like, well, should I come meet you? And I was like, no, I was like, everything's fine. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is just all in my head, but I just want to get like some, I just want to get checked. I just want to get some reassurance. And he was like, okay, just call me if you need anything. And, um, and I went to the birth center and they took me like right in and, you know, they laid me on the table and, um, did an ultrasound. And I was like relieved because I heard the heartbeat and I was like, Oh, phew. Okay, good. And the, the clinical director who like sort of is like the medical provider that oversees a birth center. She, it was her and one of my would and one of the midwives. And, um, she looked at me and she was like, that's your heartbeat. And I was like, what? And she was like, that's you. And I was like, okay. And so then she like moved the Doppler over to the other side and, you know, you could hear like a, like a, like a, like a thud thud, like my heartbeat again and, or a heartbeat again. And she was like, that's you. And every time she did it like five times, you would hear the heartbeat and she would look at me and be like, that's you. And I, well, I couldn't figure out at the time, like how she knew it was me and not the baby, but I'm sure it was just, you know, the speed of it and everything. Um, and so anyways, I literally was like, after a few minutes, she just like shut off the machine and she just said, I'm so sorry. Like, um, you know, the baby, she just said, I'm so sorry. And basically I like broke down crying and then they both just like consoled me, um, you know? And so then. I'm like 28 weeks pregnant. Like I am very pregnant. It is very obvious that I'm pregnant. And I kind of just like, after a few minutes, I like just asked them, like, I don't even know like what's next. And they were like, well, you have to go to the hospital and, um, you basically have to, they have to confirm it. And I was like, oh, and I think I was probably like hopeful. And she was like, yeah. I would not be hopeful. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Um, and so it just started off, off on this like new path where, um, you know, it sounds really weird to say it this way, but like when I think back on that season, cause this was in like 2014. So we're like, you know, it's like been eight years at this point almost. Yeah. And, um, you know, I like think about it and I'm like, oh, it was a really hard season but it was actually like a really like amazing and like beautiful season too. And, you know, nobody else really knew what to do. And so everybody just kept asking like, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And, you know, even if I didn't know, everybody was really gracious and just said, just let us know when you know, or when you figure it out. And I, you know, and I said, okay. And, um, it was literally like, um, the biggest gift because nobody could give us any answers. And so we really had to like actually lean in and figure out like, what do we want? And, you know, it ended up being like this incredible season where like, you know, usually I have this like amazing community of both like friends and family and honestly, even just like mentors that I like have reached out to my whole life and like helped me figure out stuff. And it was very evident that nobody was going to be able, 
to help me. Like, of course they were willing and happy if I, but I needed to say like, this is what I need. And so, um, this really was like the first time that, um, I was able like to really lean in and figure out like, what do I want or what do I need or what feels right in this moment? And like, assess my, like assess for myself and then also like ask for help. And, you know, really our community was incredible, like the whole time. And so, um, just knowing that, you know, all you have to do is ask and, Mm -hmm. you know, the help will be there was, um, really amazing. And so, um, we didn't know at the time, but we don't, we hadn't found out if it was a boy or girl at this point. And so we, it was a girl, her name is mercy. Um, her, her middle name is pink there, which is like a whole other story in there. So it's like mercy pink page. And there's like a whole bunch of like crazy stories that basically came out of that season. We kind of call like October that Monday was October 20th and then we didn't have her service until November 24th so we kind of call that month like mercy season and you know there's always I mean I feel like she's around us all the time but there's always stuff that is like revealed and showed to us during that season in particular even now you know eight years later and so um so yeah so that was like I said October like fall 2014 and then you know, we really just got to this point where I was not ready. You know, some women I feel like are ready right away. And I was like, I am not ready. Like, I don't feel like I've processed through all of this enough. And so it wasn't really for like a solid, even like, I mean, even saying six months feels really short, but it was like six months later. And I was like, okay, I feel like, I feel like I'm ready to do this again. And, um, and it's funny because she was, we got pregnant like that first time again, like just like we had with my son. And so, yeah, it was like, okay, this feels like, you know, this is like, quote unquote, right. Or, you know, like the right timing. And I don't, I, that's probably not the right word. Cause I don't think we have any sort of like, I'm with control. you though. Yeah. Like you're really in tune with your intuition every step of the way. And yeah, if it just, yeah, it just, is like that feeling that's kind of hard to, to really yeah. put a word to. Right. And so, um, so I basically, and it's funny because with that third pregnancy, we did, we didn't do everything differently, but we did a lot of things differently just because like, because of our experience with mercy, like I was like, Nope, I definitely want to know if it's a boy or a girl. Like I just needed to like, I wanted to be able to process anything before the baby came if I needed to like all of that stuff. So anyway, so we found out it was a girl. Um, and you know, there's some crazy stories between, you know, Mercy and our daughter's name is Noah. And it's just that, like, as awful as this story sounds, like, from the outside, like, it really has always been, like, the biggest, like, blessing for our family. And also, like, we know that it was like very much supposed to be like a part of our story. And so, um, like even Noah's name, for instance, has been on our short list since my first, since my first pregnancy. And then I was like, no, I'm definitely going to do it for my second. If it's a girl, like, um, like I said, with those first two pregnancies, we didn't know if they were boys or girls. And, um, I was like, if it's a girl, we're going to name her Noah. And, um, but I like, couldn't get there. And so like, I had called a friend, um, her kids have really cool names. And I was like, I was like, I really want to use this name, but I'm like too scared. Like what if people like, cause it, you know, Noah's tradition, it can be a traditionally a boy's name and so forth. And she was like, you just got to do it. And I was like, okay. And so like, <laughs> I was like trying to like muster up, like, are we going to do this? Like, can I do this? And then, um, it became very clear that Mercy's name was supposed to be Mercy. And, um, you know, within a couple weeks of losing Mercy, we, you know, we had just had floods of mail, which was like so nice. But like, there were times when I had so much mail that like, I would just start to like make piles of it because I like, 
I couldn't open it just as it came. I would just like make a pile and then like I would like mentally prepare like, okay, gonna go have like a mental breakdown over here and that's fine. Mm -hmm. And so I'd like open all the mail, you know, and then we just did it in batches. And um, and in one of those, in one of the mailings, somebody had sent us a book and it was basically for anybody who doesn't know, um, like in the, especially in the birth world, like a baby after a loss is called a rainbow baby. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just got chill bumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and like, I, I would say like, I'm a Christian, like I go, I'm like a person of faith or whatever, but like, I didn't grow up in the church. So there's a lot of like stories that like are very, you know, even people who grew up in church, but don't go anymore. Like they know probably a lot more than I do. And, um, and I was like, I feel like there is a connection to like Noah's Ark story, but like, um, it was just funny because I didn't actually, this sounds like so juvenile, but like at the time, like I didn't know that, you know, the, that like God's promise in Noah's story was like that the rainbow was the sign of like the new covenant. And, um, and basically like that, this wouldn't happen again. And I was like, oh, this baby's name is supposed to be Noah. That's why we haven't been able to use it yet. And so then like from that point on, it was like, no, her name's Noah or I, I don't know. I think we had this, maybe we would have called her Noah or if it had been a boy, maybe we still would have used Noah. I don't know. But I, I wanted it to be N-O-A. Like I don't, oh. I don't really love N-O-A-H. Yeah. I don't know. No, no. It's so cute. It's like, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's just so Thank cute. You. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I always knew it would be NOA and it was for a girl and, you know, and then I was like, I think there's this connection to Noah's, to the Noah story in the Bible, but I don't really know even what that story is. And in this book that I had gotten in the mail, um, it was really beautiful, but it was basically like, mommy, please don't cry. Um, like, I'm in heaven dancing on golden streets or whatever, or like, mommy, please don't cry, blah, 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 blah. And there was like, you know, 10 or 12 pages. And it was like, mommy, please don't cry. I am in heaven or like, I'm with Noah and he's telling me about the first rainbow. And I was like, oh, okay. This is her, this is her name. Okay. The night, her name It's And at that point I was like, I'm pretty sure this baby is going to be a girl. And like, you know, just because, I don't know. I just kind of felt like we're aligning in a really wow kind of way. (laughs) Right. And so it's kind of weird to like talk about it because it is like a very spiritual and like Mm -hmm. spirit led and like into it intuitive sort of thing. But like, I can't really explain it in any other way. Yeah. And so um, all that to say, she was I think that that was like summer of 2015. So she was born in March, 2016. And, you know, what's crazy about that pregnancy is, um, even with like, when you go through a loss, you're, it's like, you're already heightened anxiety. And then like, when you go through a loss so late, like, you know, most people are like, know that it's likely or that they're like they've mentally prepared that this might still happen before 12 weeks right Mm -hmm. and then it's like but once you're at 28 weeks it's like oh you're good you know nobody thinks it's gonna happen that late and um and so it was like always this um the whole theme of Noah's pregnancy is like trust and surrender like trust and surrender and trust and surrender and um you know to the point that like, I don't think it's an accident that the way that my placenta was um, even positioned, like made it so that like, I couldn't feel her move until like after 26 weeks. <laughs> so wow. there was so much trusting and surrendering yeah. of like, I did not feel baby kicks for a long time because yeah. my placenta was basically like backwards from like a normal pregnancy. And so um you know, for sure there were times of anxiety. I, there's like two points in particular that like one here in, in Arizona that I like just went to the birth center. Cause I was like, I need you. I like basically had convinced myself while I was walking around Joanne fabrics that like she had passed away. And so yeah. like, I like raced down the highway and I was like, you need to check me. And she was fine. And then, um, we had been on a trip and 
thankfully I didn't even know this at the time but we were at we were visiting friends in Savannah and one of the like kind of like mom mentors from that group she I didn't know at the time but she was actually like an ultrasound tech and so and she knew our story and I was I was like trying to play it cool on vacation but you know it's like a little Mm -hmm. bit nerve-wracking not being near your care providers and stuff and she was like do you she was like do you want to see do you want to check on the baby and I was like yep (laughs) so you know but you know like even that like we didn't really do ultrasounds or a lot of Doppler checks or anything with our first two and you know it's like it just all goes out the window like you know and that's what I mean is it's like there's a lot of stuff that like I wouldn't do with my first that I did with my third and you know and it's just I think that's kind of the process of even just like a mother's journey in general is it's like you just learn new things along the way or you know like for you have experiences and even traumas along the way and it just it doesn't mean that what you did before was right or wrong it just is what it is and like you don't have to feel any sort of way about it and um so anyways Noah and even to that point like our birth center here is amazing and I didn't know I could not decide if I wanted to give birth at the birth center or at the hospital. And they were just like, you're good. They're like, just, you just decide, like, just even wait until you're in labor. And I was like, oh, thank you. You know, like, which is like just Mm -hmm. such a sigh of relief because, you know, they would have supported us any in either location, but, um, we did end up going to the birth center and I'm so glad that we did. And, you know, her pregnancy and birth again was like, aside from like my anxiety, her pregnancy and her birth were like amazing and, you know, pretty same as like my son's like pretty chill and relaxed, which was probably what I needed since I was like reeling in my own head a lot. Um, But yeah, so she was born in 2016. And then, you know, it's been as an interesting journey of like how this has all like played out in birth work too, you know? And, yeah. um, yeah, I don't know if you want to like dive in or anything on that before we like switch gears into birth work, but I'm kind of an open book. So you can, you know, I'm happy to share if I missed or skipped anything too. Yeah. I'm, I'm really curious if you have anything to sort of like some tips or, or, insight on overcoming such anxiety I mean like Mm. your story is so beautiful and it I think everyone can can relate to like your past experiences really tap or really orchestrate feelings in your current uh experiences and so working through anxiety and and kind of coming to that trust and surrender space um, what did that look like for you? How did you, would you put anything into practice to sort of help, help get there? Yeah, I think, um, like I said before, like a lot of, like probably one of the biggest blessings from our experience of like, of having mercy was like being able literally like being forced to check my own intuition and like really check in with myself and figuring out like and being discerning and figuring out you know what felt right for me because um like at that point there is no playbook right like you know even you know, we have so many apps and so many websites to say like, oh, you're 12 weeks and this is what your baby looks like. And this is Mm -hmm. what they're learning. And this is what's, you know, and it's like, that's great. And like, part of me really does love all of that. And part of me, I like, as a birth worker, I am, I always am like really torn between like, do they need to know this? Or like, do they actually need to know this or do they actually just need to know how to trust themselves better? Because we live in a world that is so disconnected and like, and like we are trained and raised that way from, you know, the time we are very little. And so, um, and we also live in a world that is very, you know, it's only real if you can see it. And Mm -hmm. I get that. And also 
I have, you know, mercy is like the pinnacle of like all of these stories, but it's like all throughout my life. I have these stories of like these, like very like faith and like spirit filled moments where I'm like, I know that's not an accident, you know? And, um, and so part of me is part of me is like learning how to actually like slow down which it sounds like that is like the like when I think about it, I'm like is that really the answer but it's like what I always come back to is it's like slow down shut out the noise and like figure out how to get in tune with yourself and like literally that might just be like sitting in a room being quiet mm-hmm. and just seeing what bubbles up and it might be like prayer and it might be you know, journaling and it might be actual like guided meditations, like, but just even slowing down into like, um, figuring out how you like best, like learning how to discern what's actually going on in Mm -hmm. your body and in your mind and your soul and all of that is like the biggest gift. And, you know, it's funny, like as a birth worker, you know, we talk about like surrender and trusting the process and all of these things. And I think that's like super valid. And also it's actually kind of funny because I've like started to learn more about like cycle syncing and like how to help women like really lean into their cycles before they're even pregnant, because it's actually like the one none of us were taught that. And I think that's like criminal. So we can start there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, two, it's actually for me, I'm like, okay, if they actually can learn how to trust their bodies, even before they're pregnant, Mm -hmm. they're like way more primed to be able to trust their bodies, you know, while they are pregnant, let alone while they're giving birth. And so it's sort of become this like, almost like domino effect in that every time, you know, even when I became a doula, I had like three other, two or three other friends who were becoming doulas at the same time, like way back in like 2010, 2012, we were like working through our certifications. And even back then she was, one of my friends was like, I kind of said something like, I don't know if I want to be on call. She was like, well, maybe you're just like a childbirth educator. And I was like, oh, (laughs) okay. Maybe I'm just like a childbirth educator. Like maybe I don't have to be a doula. And like, and it's funny because it's taken me like 10 to 12 years to be like, I'm a childbirth educator. Like, I was going to ask, yeah, like where yeah. have you landed now? What does that look yeah. like now? Yeah. So it's funny because, um, you know, just in my own like personal journey, like birth is so amazing and so hard with like our personal family schedule. Like my husband has always worked like 60 to 80 hours a week. He's always been gone like early mornings and like sometimes dinner, like his schedule is better now, but like when this was all happening, like his schedule was absolutely insane. And, um, and so what I, I ended up doing like a lot more like postpartum and like one-on-one coaching and like talking with moms, just, you know, hearing their story and like, you know, just helping them kind of figure out like what happened or like, how could this have gone differently or what could I do different next time and whatever. And so it's funny because even though I've been very much in the birth world and, you know, in the motherhood space, I have like, it's almost funny too, because it's like every birth I go to, like, I'm like, I'm a doula, I should go to a birth. Like I, you know, and then I get into the birth room and I'm like, this is not where I'm supposed to be. Mm. And it's not like, I will, I will preface that by saying like all of my clients like have said like really lovely things. I've made sure that they've had great experiences and that's, you know, fine, but it's almost like, it's almost like the birth room is too sacred. Like I love being there and I know I can hold space and I can help and like guide a couple through this, but it's almost like this is too intimate. Like this is just actually for you too. And, mm-hmm. you know, a, maybe a handful of people who should be very, you know, and if you want to doula there, that's great. I just am at the point where I'm like, I actually think I'm way better serving p- couples ahead of time before, um, 
so that not that they don't even need a doula, but almost like um, one of my friends, she's a doula and she kind of said, she was like, my clients would rather not have a backup doula. Like they'd rather just like not have a doula than to have a backup doula. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I've never asked my clients, but I would say that's like a hundred percent true mm-hmm. is like, I would much rather know that you two are comfortable navigating whatever happens, however this goes on your own, than like feeling like you need to have a complete stranger in the room with you, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. It's, it's making sure they do feel knowledgeable and, uh, empowered and like, they know what's going on. And I think like as a doula, the role of a doula, you're totally right. You're in this deeply sacred space and you should soak that, like understand that, soak that in and take like be grateful that you're even allowed to be in that space and totally and yeah and I think it is it's really important for your clients to feel empowered and knowledgeable and like if something were to happen or whatever and your doula doesn't come like okay we've got this like we've totally got this the two of us we're we we know what we're doing (laughs) we're yeah (laughs) you know and it's funny because um one of my friends that is a I think she actually does. She's that she does like more free birth stuff. I don't know if she would call herself a doula. I don't know what she would call herself quite truthfully. Birth keeper, I think. Yeah. I don't know. But she basically said like, like her biggest pet peeve is when, or one of them is when, um, like a midwife will catch the baby or gloved hands will catch the baby because Mm -hmm. she's like that, like, that's the baby's entrance into the world. Like one, that's not the midwife's place. Like that should be the mom, maybe the dad, you know? And then she like, it's like, that is a human being. Like that is like a part Mm -hmm. of a family structure like that, you know, if it's, and even as much as like cord cuttings, it's like, you know, the mom, a sister, an aunt, like somebody else should be holding that baby first, but not a stranger and not someone with gloved hands, basically Mm -hmm. of like, this is like a warm welcoming into the world. And, um, you know, and I think about that because like, if my sister-in-laws asked me to be at their birth, I'd be like, hell yes, we, I will be there every day. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But like, I'm like, that's my place is it's like that's my family and you know of course if like my you know good friends asked me to be there I would be there in a second but it's like I just it's just this like interesting feeling that I haven't been able to like voice for a long time but in you know just recently have realized like it's just too sacred and you know most people most people and even like most providers like don't really see it that way it's like they're mm-hmm. almost like so calloused like this is just like what they do this is just part of their the day third and one how- today yeah right is- exactly and it's like but it's not it's like yeah. a new person being born and like yeah don't mess it up basically <laughs> um and I don't mean like I don't I don't mean that in like a I don't I don't mean that in like a flippant sort of way I mean that in like a how can you honor every millisecond of this experience regardless of if that is in a hospital a home birth or birth center regardless of how the mother decides that she wants to give birth like how do you honor that every minute instead of mm-hmm. just like oh just right like number four of the day or right. like oh I gotta get home can we get this baby out you know it's mm-hmm. like no sorry we can't do it like that right um yeah yeah. I just wanted to make sure I, I like there I have like zero judgment about like how a woman or a family decides to give birth. It's just like, you know, it's just it's up to them and whatever she decides is what's best for their family. And we just need to like honor every second of it, basically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I yeah, I definitely want to second the uh, the sacred space. It's so, so sacred. And if you you never want to like lose sight of that I think Mm. like even as you know midwives and OBs they are doing this every day multiple times a day and doulas are a little more spaced out and so it is still like the reminder hey don't forget on your way to joining this family like this is a big deal 
It's a yeah. really big deal. <laughs> be yeah. Present, be there. And you know, it's like interesting because like there are, I remember, I remember being at that first birth with my son and like it did, it went amazing. But there is a point that I remember like the nurse and my midwife talking about something over in the corner. And I remember being like, what are they doing right now? Like yeah. I, they might've been talking about like lunch or like something, you. <laughs> which I don't even care, but I'm like, just be quiet. Like, I don't yeah. need to know about your lunch right now. And like, again, like this isn't just like another day in the park, you know, like, and, um, you know, other people will talk about that too. And like, it's just other birth workers will talk about that too. It's, it's like, you know, they just, I do, I think it's like, you just need to remember the sacredness of it and like, mm-hmm. do not get calloused by like the normalcy of it because this is totally. like your every day. Yeah, totally. So as you sort of identified that you are a childbirth educator in your heart and soul, yeah. um, how have you, how has that brought you to where you are now? And what does birth work look like for you today? Yeah. So um, you know, when COVID hit in 2020, it was like a little bit of a standstill for most people in the birth world. And, um, you know, I was trying to figure out how to pivot to like online and like, what does that look like? I like, I mean, it's probably like not a surprise that like being like a digital doula is not really something that like really floats my boat, but you know, like how can I still help and serve families? And, um, basically I, I had gone to a lot of virtual summits myself. Like I just, I'm always kind of like interested in learning and like hearing new things and whatever. And someone in this online world, you know, somebody was like, oh, you have to start your email list. And I was like, huh, okay. I don't really know how to do that. And you know, this woman who was in a business class with me, she basically said, Hey, if anybody's, um, if anybody's just starting out, you might want to consider doing a summit because, you know, I just got a ton of email lists from it. And I was like, oh, well, I love going to summits and I can like, I'm not like, I'm pretty techie, like not like I'm not coding, but like I can figure stuff out. And I was like, this can't be that hard. And so I basically put on this like virtual summit and it was really fascinating because what I mentioned at the beginning was that when I went, when I graduated from college, I was like just waitressing and nannying and kind of trying to figure out, but um, I was super burnt out because like creatively. So I actually went to art school and my background is in graphic design. And I tr- quite truthfully, I have wondered and pro- like said for over a decade, like I have no idea why I went to graphic design. I have no idea why I got a degree in graphic design. There have been times where I've been really angry at like one professor in particular. Like, why did he not tell me? Like he knew better. He knew I should not have been in there. And him and I are like friendly. So it was like, I'm not like actually mad, but I'm like, why didn't he say anything? And, um, you know, it was funny because when I was putting together this virtual summit, I was like, oh my God. It's like all of my gifts just like aligned in this like one thing. Like I can do graphic design and like in this birth world and like connect with moms. And like it was literally like this amazing like full circle moment. And, you know, to the point that like I actually did reach out to that professor and I like told him and he was like, oh, my God, you're going to make me cry. You know, like (laughs) all the things. And um, so it was really funny. And so I launched a summit and really didn't know what, like, I didn't really know what I was doing in the grand scheme of things, but like, I was just like following, I have a summit coach and I was like following her processes and just doing as much as I could and really, um, got connected with, um, a fellow birth worker. She was launching a doula training program and she just said, you know, Hey, would you be willing to teach about stillborns and like your experience with mercy? And I said, of course. And, um, I basically kind of like followed up with her and I said, you know, I don't really know what you're doing right now, but I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to help you. And I was like, do you like, can we figure something out? And she was like, are you being serious? And I was like, yeah, I'm being totally serious. And, (laughs) um, she, um, she had literally just put up like, I'm, this story is a little bit out of ba- backwards. Like we basically did my interview. I was going to ask her like, how can I help you? And she ended the call 
instead of just like ending the recording. And I was like, I, we're like friendly, but I'm like, I don't really know how to like reach out to her to be like, oh, hey, can we get back on the phone again? You know, like mm-hmm. I, you know, and was just trying to like make a good apprenticeship and all that sort of stuff. And so anyway, she posted on Instagram the next day, like, Hey, I'm looking for like basically an assistant or like a program coordinator for this next position or for this next program. If you're interested, let me know. And I literally had seen it like two minutes after she posted. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's for me. I was like, (laughs) I was going to ask you yesterday after our call, but you know, please let me know. Like, I would love to, you know, send you my resume or whatever. And she was, that's when she responded. She was like, wait, are you being serious? And I was like, yeah, I'm being totally serious. And she was like, oh my gosh. She was like, yeah, okay. You're in like, let's go. And so, um, you know, I, for the last, like, we're coming up on like a, not quite a year yet, but I basically have been like helping her to run her programs and like help train other doulas, um, in becoming birth workers. And it's a really cool program. It's called birth worker Academy. And, um, basically like last summer we opened it up and we trained 150 doulas through 15 weeks, which is a really different model than most other doula training programs, which is actually why I loved it from the moment I saw it is, you know, I went through doula training program and like struggled all throughout those years because it you learn about how to become a doula, but you don't really learn about how to like use those skills to make like a sustainable career. And so mm-hmm. I don't actually know what the like official or if there even is a official like statistic, but it's like most doulas actually burn out within the first like handful of years because yeah. it, being on call is so hard and you're not getting paid like doctors and other, right. you know, <laughs> professionals who are on call. And so um, all that to say, I, I've been with her, like sort of helping to train the, like these doula cohorts we call them. Um, and now we've opened up a birth worker membership. And so this is the membership actually isn't even about like, how do you become a doula? Like, we don't really talk about that stuff. It's like, how do you actually build like a sustainable career as a doula in addition to, um, in addition to like your actual on-call work, like, is it, you know, helping them to build their websites, helping to build out like online offers, all of that sort of stuff. And so, um, that's like sort of what I'm doing. Like I kind of wear like two hats. Like I do a (laughs) lot of like coordinating the programs for, um, Kylie. And then I also am like building summits on the back end to like, just help and serve other women. And, um, just, really try to like help moms have the best birth experience as possible, you know, like either through the summits directly or by like empowering and helping doulas to like best serve their communities. Um, and you know, we offer a lot of, um, like just to like bring it, like, it's fun because I also get to do like design audits for them. And so like, it's fun because it's like this really, really cool mix that is really hard to explain about like, what do you do? And I'm like, I help doulas and moms and (laughs) it just works. Okay. Um, but yeah, exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. (laughs) It is true. And also like my mom asked me the other day, she was like, are you in a Ponzi scheme? And I was like, I don't even know like what you're talking about right now. I'm like, no, this is, you know, like she's just funny, but she's like, are you sure this is legal? I'm like, yes, it's legal. It's fine. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh. But, um, but yeah, so it's just like this really fun mix of like, you know, serving doulas and uh, with Kylie and the birth worker Academy and membership, and then serving moms with the summits and just like making sure that they have honestly, like, information so that they know what sort of decisions they want to make and like how they can be like proactive in whatever they want their birth experience to be and really helping them um from the summit they're like invited into a community where they can like really um sort of integrate and implement stuff that they learned from the summit because a lot of it is not what we were taught and so you're like wait what you know and there's so much information in that week that everything is live, which is great, but you know, it takes a little while for it to settle. And then it's like the questions come up. And so, um, yeah. So just having this ongoing community where women can really connect and, um, just learn more and figure out what their options are and just like, what's the best 
choice for them and stuff. So it's been really fun. Ah, that's amazing. Like it's, that's so, so cool. And I love the way, again, like things just seem to perfectly align and, and even calling on your graphic design degree where you're, you're like, I don't even know what I'm doing with this. And then it's like, this is what you're doing with it. Yeah. <laughs> it was all, it was all in the works. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's like a lot of, um, yeah, there's a lot of like that where it's like, okay, we're very much like as much as we think we're in control, we're not. There's like a whole plan here. And if you're just like in tune with yourself, what you're doing and like staying true to yourself and what um feels right, I just actually don't think you can go wrong. So yeah, the synchronicities yeah. are really, really loud and very, yeah. very like there for you. I think that's so cool. I'm really grateful to you for trusting me with your story and for trusting the space with your story and for being so vulnerable and and honest um and sharing your story it is such a beautiful one and I think I think lots of folks will hear it and be like I see myself in Allie (laughs) she's just amazing I'm really grateful to have had you on Yes. Thank you so much for having me and just for um, letting me share my story. And, um, you know, I'm happy to connect and reach out with anybody if they want to DM me on Insta. It's Mm -hmm. Allie Page, just my name. It's A-L-L-I-E and then P-A-G-E. And if anybody's interested in um, like getting on the wait list for the next summit or potentially hearing more about like if you do want to become a birth worker and you want to learn more about Birth Worker Academy or membership, just DM me and um, I'll get you those links too because it'd be super fun to connect with anybody who this is resonating with. Yes, absolutely. And I will have all of the links and things in the description of your episode. So perfect that people can very quickly go and connect with you and and uh, get in on the incredible resources that you're helping to create. I love it. That's awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Overreaction. You can check out the episode description to find show notes that includes links to anything that was mentioned in today's episode, as well as our Instagram link where you can head on over and submit your story to be shared here via DMs. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would be so honored for you to subscribe, leave a review, download some episodes, or send some to a friend that you know would enjoy it. I hope that you have a wonderful week and I will see you next Tuesday.